Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. You know, I somebody asked me, like couple weeks ago they're like dude aren't you tired of like doing the same thing over and over and over and over again like for how many years like how how long I love this question this is the way it was presented so you've been doing that show for about five years I'm like no okay dude no not five years 16 years doing the show and to be honest with you no not not even remotely close to tired of it Because I love speaking with, hearing from, learning from people that said yes to a passion and purpose that's hard to even imagine sometimes in life. My guest is one of those people. And today, I cannot think of a better person to talk about shocking blind spots with than my special guest, host of her own fabulous hit show, Laura Meeks. Now, For you guys out there, let me tell you about Laura, because most of the time, it's very rare that you hear somebody talk about somebody like they know them as a friend, especially on a radio show. But I've gotten to know Laura. I I know her tenacity. I know her creativity. I know her in intellect for things. I know her intuition. And I know her passion for life and what it means to share stories that go beyond your everyday, what should I call it, journal of life. But even though that is true, her work transcends everything in her own life and reaches out to people, meets them where they are, and she helps them fly high, dream on, and live adventurously. But like most of us today, We not only have a few blind spots showing up for each of us, all of us, even those of us that study and read every day, right? There are blind spots, and there's a very good reason we call them that. Laura, it's great to have you. Welcome. Hey, listen, Pat, thanks for a great introduction. I feel excited. (laughs) (laughs) Who is she? Who is she? Oh, oh, that's me. I know. We want to do our happy dance, Zoe. Yeah, no. (laughs) That's really good. Like that. Uh, so I got hit with a blind spot yesterday. I always love how we decide we're going to talk about something and that like, wow, it's like yeah. in my face. But here we are, right? And let's talk about where we are at a global level first. And, you know, for the first time, I think in my life, I realize, and, and I'm one of these folks that I don't get why, why there is this thing called confusion. But for the first time in my life, I'm really, I'm really empathetic about the level and the degree of confusion people have. 
about what to do. I was talking with a woman yesterday, Laura, who her company is making her go back to work. And when she shows up back at work, all you hear about is you people that didn't come back to work and we've been in the trenches here. And mind you now, these are folks that didn't come back to work because they had COVID-19. Yeah. That's why they're not in work with you. Blacker. I know. It's like <laughs> if you didn't work, you've got the big loser sign on your forehead. But let's talk about what this means in terms of what you're seeing in the world, which seems unstable and then stable at the same time. What's real and what's Memorex? Am I allowed to say Memorex, Jessica? I don't yeah. know. What's real and what's Memorex? Well, and it's funny that it's funny that you even use that. I know. Oh my God. Did I date myself? Yeah. Oh, I was my Nobody is going to know. I remember it. when it was, yeah. is this live or is this Memorex? Yeah. I don't even think Jessica knows what Memorex is. Oh. They, Jessica, do you know what Memorex is? Oh my! <laughs> this is great. This is great. Well, Mary, I don't, I don't know how to take that back, Laura. Yeah, I, you know what I'm saying. People are wondering what's real and what's not, and let's talk about this. Fake news is the pandemic over. Let's start with that. Why not? Yeah, listen, I this this so fired me up the other day because. Uh, I teach a lot. I mean, uh, there's a lot, a, a lot of parts of life, and and I would agree with you 100% that I, I love this this thing called life that we're doing. <laughs> yeah, now, as you know, I've I've had some very interesting twists down this down this path, but it it occurred to me uh, in a very dramatic way, kind of kind of like you. We all approach this world from our perspective and you know we wake up and we see what's going on and in in our own way we think this is the truth this is you know five senses i see it here touch it taste it this this is my world and then we think well if you're sitting next to me you're seeing exactly the same thing so we share that only that's not true <laughs> only that's not true because every brain has a different life experience. So even if we were sitting side by side and we, and, and here, here's an interesting thing. When we were kids, if, if there was a car accident, the highest level of truth in a court would, ha would have been, I was there, I saw what happened, right? I mean, right. if, you, if you were there and you saw it and you came to court and you said, hey, oh. this, uh, this is what happened. Right. The funny thing is, is as they have gone through this process, they realize we are probably the worst <laughs> because you and I could be standing on the same corner and, and watch the same accident. We could watch the same TV show. We should go to the same concert and see a completely different event because in our heads we have experiences and we have prejudices and we have um, all kinds of things that that taint what we see and I think that and that's it's that's an important piece to understand because when when I watch a news show 
and I see something happen, then I think I get it. You know, I, I, it seems like really clear the, the, you know, Dr. Fauci comes out. He's a, he's a recognized pandemic guy. He says we should wear a mask. And I think, yeah, you know, that, that makes sense. But it makes sense to me because I grew up in, in a high school that really taught and emphasized science. Uh, you know, I, within my experience of life, the people that I talk to uh, value science and credentials and stuff like that. And so when a Dr. Fauci comes into my life on TV and he says, this is what we do, this is what we do. But I have, <laughs> I don't know if you, I have a really good friend uh, from the military who is down in, in uh, Florida and she starts posting, oh my God, the government is trying to tell me what to do and damn it, I'm an American and I'm going to not wear my mask. I'm going to show them I'm a free, liberated person in Florida and I'm not going to wear my mask because you can't make me. And I'm not. You ask yourself, whoa, whoa, what, what are you talking about? Didn't you see Dr. Fauci? But see her, her experience and her value, you know, this is another piece of it. Yeah. Her value is independence higher than whether Dr. Fauci is real or not. You know, from her perspective, Dr. Fauci could be part of the government plot to get me to wear this mask and, and submit me into the government control. So I'm not going to do it. And I'm not going to listen to Fauci. So we watched the same show. <laughs> and we came up with a totally different thing. And that's, that's hugely important to understanding where the world is going right now. Yeah. And you know what it is, and there is there have been many, many bits and bytes of research that have been done that talk about how we objectify, how we look at, uh, how we look at world events based on our own filters. Um, and we look at those events and somehow, even though we know we are listening to and hearing the same exact words, <laughs> There is a filter that comes in, right? Or there is a counter argument that comes in. And that counter argument is enough to tap into to the notion or idea or belief of exactly what we wanna hear. <clears throat> so even though there's very little evidence, there's this little glimmer of evidence that proves us right and you wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. And we try to hold on to that. But in the end, there's a bigger conversation about it. There's a bigger conversation about what are we seeing? What are we believing? Or are we turning our head? You know, are we, do we have blind spots that we use to our advantage, even if it's going to kill people? Even if it's, well, I mean, and I mean, come on. That's and part part of the. It's interesting. Earlier, you used is it live or is it Memorex, which took us back to it. Oh, oh. So Jessica was like, oh, yeah. I don't know what that is. But that's kind of, a, a little bit of that's important in, in this sense. When you and I grew up and we watched TV news, there were there was basically network TV news, Huntley Brinkley, you know that whole schmeal. And, and it was a lost leader for 
the networks. So they presented kind of a, they tried to create a balanced look because we're all kind of watching like one or two shows. As time has gone on and we've used capitalistic ideas and created news as an entertainment, now the challenge is, is, is that everybody can see their channel. You can, you can focus yourself on your view. And so part of what I want to get across today is the idea that it is to your benefit yeah. to get a variety of views. Because you're absolutely right. It, we all want to have that I'm right, you're wrong, I, I win. You know, we've gone into what I call the super, um, super Bowl sort of world where it's all about winning the Super Bowl. And I, my president won. I, I, I voted for the right guy and I, I'm on the winning team. And then when you get into an argument, you want to be like, I'm, I'm on the winning side. When in reality, this is a very complex world. And the only way that we can really move ahead is if we all have a chance to kind of look at the other side. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this because you and I were talking about this yesterday and I got really excited about this because something you, you and I have talked about this a lot of times, but something about our conversation on Monday just hit me differently. When you said, I've been on both sides and then I went into both sides now. And that's a song, of course, again, yeah. Jessica may not know that song, but both sides now. And this is now the conversation for today because I've been on both sides of a coin, but not quite like you. You know what it's like to grow up privileged and then all of a sudden not to be seen like that. And let's talk, let's just take one example, because I love the way you talked about this the other day, Yeah, it, that whole idea and the absolute horror of what this country and the world saw, saw happen to George Flynn. And I have to give a shout out to the young woman, the 17 year old that videotaped that, because just saying if you got four policemen telling you we're going to hurt you if you keep videotaping this and like she's like, I'm just videotaping this. What is that courage? But when we say both sides now, let's talk about it and let's use this example uh, and the way you talked about this blind spot, because you know what it's like to be on one side and now the other. The other. They're not really sides, but we don't know how to talk about this in general. Well, and so for and, everybody to get it, there are two sides. <laughs> yeah, there are obviously I one of the benefits I think of of my experience and for those that aren't aware, I spent the first 58 years of my life as a tall white college educated male military officer and pilot. That was that was my shtick and and without really understanding we've i had a number a, a number of, of discussions over the years about how hard it was to be a white guy going through pilot training and going through college and you know this was a real real struggle and and it appeared to me that most white men think that their life has been an incredible struggle and that they've made it. And I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying it's not, but I love, I love this analogy. It's 
I saw this and I'm going to use this. It's as if you were born on third base and you thought you hit a triple. So you're in a baseball analogy, you're, you wake up and you're on third base and your thought is I must have been really good. I must have hit a ball out of the park and <laughs> I'm on third. When in reality, you were born there. Now, is it a struggle to get to home plate? Yes, it's a struggle. Is that negating your experience? No, it's not. But it doesn't take into account the fact that everybody else has to start at home being going first to second to third. Yeah, but I got to tell you, what we're talking about is the fact that people of, of, let's say, other communities, people of color, LGBTQ people, those people may or may not even be in the lineup. May not even be in the lineup. Now, so here's the, here's my experience. So I went from that world and then I made a gender transition and I literally, I mean, we talk about this in major transformation that I'm literally diving off a cliff and I end up near or at the bottom of the social structure as, as a transgender woman. Yeah. Up until last Monday, I could have literally been fired in 26, in 26, more than half the states in America I could go to work and the boss could say, you know what, Laura, I'm, I'm kicking you out. It's like, for what? I'm doing a great job. It's like, yeah, but I just don't like you and you're gone. That illegal, totally legal. Now, thank God Supreme Court changed that. But thank you. Thank you, Supreme Court. Oh, listen, health care. President just decided that I don't deserve health care. That's right. I spent 20 years in the military. I carried nuclear weapons that could take this earth off off of the orbit we're in. And I can't, if I were to try to get back into the military, I can't. It's not not possible. It's illegal. In fact, I found this interesting. You can be a non-citizen and join the military, but you cannot be transgender. Transgender. Join the military, no matter what my background is. But all of that, let's go back to George Floyd and the situation that was there, because I think that's a really key part. So understand that Mm -hmm. if, if I, as a tall white guy, went into that store and handed over a $20 bill and they look up and they go, my God, there's no stripe. This is a fake. Would they have called the police on me? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. I think what they would have said is, is, you know, if I'm a tall white guy, they would go, sir, you know, this, this seems to be fake. Somebody must have given you a bad bill. Exactly. You have another bill. I can't take this one. And even as a white woman, you know, one of the things that we know is there's always empathy because women are just in general, not very bright. So you would expect a woman, no, I'm not kidding. This is a person uh, you, you would expect a woman that has a a counterfeit $20 bill to be like, oh, honey, we don't expect you to realize that this is yeah, counterfeit. Oh, you didn't, you didn't realize. Yeah. Well, but and I, I have to a your story. Yeah, and I, that brings up a funny other story. But but to, to that point, my brothers, any, you know, my in-laws, if they, tall white people go in, they would have just said, you know, there's something wrong here. Yep. We need it. So here's, and that's, I think the benefit of George Floyd and, and what had happened to him, sadly, he had to give his life to bring the awareness to this issue. But 
that's that is really kind of the challenge is, is that if you're in a funnel, if you're in a tunnel of news and experience, and you can only see the world from your perspective, then we are in trouble because we can't empathize and understand. Uh, I got a video yesterday from my son was a black guy getting stopped on the highway for going 65 in a 70. Yep. It's like, that doesn't, even as a white woman, that doesn't happen to me. But let's take it in contrast to today's headlines. Shocking to me, it'll probably blow by everybody pretty much because we're so overwhelmed. In contrast to what we're talking about, Michael Flynn is going to get his case dismissed. Now- I hadn't heard that, oh my. Now, Martha Stewart went to jail for stuff, Martha. Far less than this. Far less. If that would have been anybody else, I can't even imagine a person of color, black person, black, you know, African-American, Latino, going and lying, 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 lying to the Congress, to the people, lying you would be locked up so fast. So what we're having right in front of us are these contrasts. Now, for yeah. some people, you're gonna pick one side or the other, or just stay like, I'm not really caring about either. But the contrast to me in your story of your, 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 your son, you know, the horrific video of George Floyd and the, the family pain of that, Another, another black man getting shot in the back, like, whoa. Then another black man jogging, getting shot by a couple of guys yeah, in a truck with a jogged. gun. Like, now here's the reality. Let's go to fake and reality. <laughs> Let's go. All right. What's fake? Oh, the fake news is, wow, look at what's happening in our world today. No, no. This has been going on for hundreds of years. My stepmom and family are in the South. I, I'm, today's show is not about what I saw with my stepmom and what she did to try to right wrongs. But I'm telling you, this is just the tipping point. Well, and it's, it's so funny from your, our perspective at the age I'm at at least, when I was a kid, this I'm seeing it like a replay of the late 60s. I mean, Minneapolis was burning in 68, 69. And Plainfield. I was Plainfield, New Jersey. That's where the riots literally started. I went to graduate Plainfield High yeah. School. Well, in part, so part of the challenge, I think, right now is, is, is that people are going, well, I thought we had solved this. I, I, I thought we had gotten race. And, and, and I'll take it back to this perspective. Is, is, is that without that video of George Floyd for eight minutes and 42 seconds, the rest of the world would have, and, and I, the rest of the world would have said, no, that's, that, I, I've never seen that happen. And, and I'll give it to you in this context. When I grew up, I grew up with, there were four of us boys, brothers, my stepfather, and then our one lone female, mom. Now, mom was, wow. an mom was an executive. 
in an advertising agency and she would come home and tell us these stories of how she was being harassed and uh, you know given situations at work that were unlike what was happening to the guys. So she comes home and she says, you wouldn't believe what these guys did to me. You know, I was in the meeting and they stopped and started talking about, and, and yeah. I was like presenting and they stopped me. And here's what I want to say for the five of us as guys, we had never, ever seen that. So when mom says, this is what's happening we said, fake news. <laughs> That's that mom's crazy because I've never seen it. And I, this goes back to the George Floyd incident. If you're in white culture, yeah. immersed in white TV, yeah. watching white sitcoms, yeah. and somebody says the cops just arrested and killed a guy for sleeping in his car, you go, not fake never seen it. I've never seen it. So the value of this whole new land where we all have cell phones and we can take video is, is now it's really, really hard to say, oh, that doesn't happen. That, that never happens. I mean, cops are good guys. They would never stop you for going. I mean, until you see the video, the idea that you could be stopped and the guy, why am I stopped? Well, you're going 65. It's a 70 mile an hour. I know. So what's going wrong? Why are you going so slow? Why yeah. am I going so slow? Because I'm safe. <laughs> I don't want to go. And we wouldn't understand that experience until you see it. And I, and I think that's kind of the whole point. It is the whole point. And, and there's another whole point, which we're going to talk about when we come back from break. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Laverne Cox right out of the gate for <laughs> speeding up. I mean, that that her documentary was not to come out now. Right. It wasn't supposed to come out oh, till later. Yeah. And she like put the pedal to the metal and said, oh, we going to do it. And so we'll talk about that a little bit when we come back. But yeah, here's here, here is the moment that we're faced. This is a moment for each and every one of us to take an inventory with kindness and love and look for our blind spots. Somebody asked me the other day, cause I was talking, uh, I was, I was talking about the movement and I was talking about what my feelings were about this, but what the reality was of being a person of color. And I got a call from somebody and they said to me, uh, one of the listeners actually somehow, Jessica, I don't know, they got my cell phone and they called me and they said, we don't get it you're like a white woman. What do you know about any of this? And I thought for a minute, how do I want to answer that? And then I said, you know what? I will never be able to know. I'm not that. I'm not a person. I, I will never be able to know somebody else's experience. But also there are experiences I've had that other people don't know. The question is going to be, are we at a point now where we're going to honor other people's experience and get over the ego factor that wants to drive us to thinking we know better than a person that is going in a store for the first time as a transgender woman? What does that even feel like? But more, but, right? That's yeah, a story. I'm yeah. sure you've got that story. Yeah. But more uh, importantly, 
I had a second answer. When we come back, I will tell you what I said to her. Um, For those of you tuning in, I'm so thrilled to have Laura here, Laura Meeks. When we come back, I'm going to tell you how to find out more about Laura, how to tune into her show. Shocking blind spots you don't realize you have. Every day we're getting an opportunity to look in the mirror and see them. Every day when we have a thought about, wow, is that really true? Or maybe we make a statement and I heard this. I am so tired of this now, this coverage. Or like Laura said, I'm so tired, COVID-19, it doesn't exist. Wow, please take a look at the numbers. If you're in Washington state, please take a look at what's going on over in Yakima and the fact that they have run out of hospital beds, hospital beds now in Washington state where we thought we were doing all the right things. Let's take a short break when we come back both sides now laura meeks we'll be right back hi i'm laura meeks and the most common problem that my clients face is all work and no play this is why i created fly high living i help you develop a balanced life plan and guide you to a place where you love to wake up in the morning Call 888-666-1570 or go to flyhighliving.com to sign up for the four-week Flight Plan for Life course. Your inspiration all day on transformationtalkradio.com. Yeah, yippee skippy to that, baby. We're not done yet. Some of us are out here to educate and inspire. This year, 2020, is the year we got to show me the money in the cash flow. I'm Dr. Pat. This is the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Visit the thedrpatshow.com. How do you feel? Just okay? Well, how about you tune in and get ready to be more with The Healing Hour with me, Doc Martin, every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I'm ready for your questions, and I can't wait to help you find the answers. Every month, we'll have a new live call-in show with innovative topics and a powerful hour of healing. To learn more about me, visit DrSharonMartin.com. See you there. I'm going to be here. You won't want to miss it. Get empowered on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. We're talking about shocking blind spots you don't realize you have. But you know what? Laura Meeks joining me here today knows a lot about them because why? There are several parts to who Laura is. One part is she gets to see the world from both sides. What does both sides mean? One is a woman. The other is a white man, uh, a very successful Air Force, you name it. But when you have both perspectives, what do you do with it? Well, maybe you do what Laura is doing. Laura, how can people find out more about you? And, and let's tell them about your show, too. They, uh, I do have a show here on Transformation Talk Radio. It's the Laura Meek Show. Hey, I like the title. Uh, <laughs> very descriptive of who's on that show. Um, and I do it every second and fourth Wednesday here on Transformation Talk Radio. It's at high noon uh, uh, Pacific time on, the, on those days. So today, I, 
well, actually, I guess coming up next week, we'll have, uh, mm -hmm. I'll have another show. So um, that's where they are. And if you want to get me, my brand is Fly High Living. You see the Fly High. Uh, and you can get me at my website, which is flyhighliving.com. And if you want to email me, Laura at flyhighliving.com. Well, Fly High Living is, is a platform that you've created to help people really move through different phases of their lives. And the notion is the ability to fly high despite what's going on in your lives or maybe in the world. And, you know, you've taken an accumulation of your life experiences, you know, everything from being a major in the Air Force, you know, from, you know, having a wife and, and children and, and still having a wife, still have wife. and children. And, two and, grandkids. and that's, that's like a, and two grandkids. When did that happen? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, think, and thinking about this, because that's the story you tell a lot. We've told that story yeah. and that's something you're going to talk about more. Yeah. But let's just go to this next question. And I want to talk with you about it. Um, the person that called me on that question had no idea of my history, had no idea of my family, had no idea about whether or not my family actually are married to people of color, right? Or maybe part of a gay and lesbian community. No question about that. But for one thing I will claim, I am not a black person. I could never exactly know what that feels like. Now, I do know what it's like to be stopped by police. I traveled with my coach. And uh, Jessica, I think you have, the, you have the picture of Sam will put up. I traveled with my coach, a man from Ghana, Africa, for most of my early 20, 20 young, young years playing a sport. I traveled with him. We stayed in the same hotel rooms. None of us thought about what that was going to be like. And Laura, I will say this, and I don't want to take up a, a, enough, uh, too much time today, but I think the most fear I ever felt personally for me, the most fear I ever felt was as we're driving to Philadelphia and we're going to a tournament, and we get pulled over for no reason whatsoever. And I, I will never forget this. As a matter of fact, I don't talk about this much, but I will never forget him being dragged out of a car, then threatening to break his fingers, me being dragged out of the car because I jumped out of the car because I was a little, um, what do you want to call it? Spicy. spicy a little feisty. You could see it in the picture Jessica's going to put up. That is a face that a mother cannot love, that face that she's going to put up that picture. But that was me. And I jumped out and we found ourselves in handcuffs. And it's scary. And, and, and it was, Laura, it was as if we're driving to a tournament. And the next thing we know, we're up against a car in handcuffs. I cannot know his experience and feeling, but I will tell you this. I have never felt that personally afraid for my life. And I'm pretty damn furious. Yeah. So I can't imagine what it's like to be you either. Well, and I think one of the important 
pieces is, is in reality, we can't really live anybody else's life. Even, even, you know, why I have wife and kids and grandkids we could live in the same house, but we're not ever going to experience. So the, the question, and I, and I, she's absolutely right. I'm not a black woman and I'm not ever going to experience what it's like to be a black woman. Even at, even as a transgender woman, this is kind of an issue that, that uh, JK Rowling brought up recently. You know, am I, a, am I a real woman? Well, agreed. I didn't grow up as a woman. I spent 50 years as a man. Am I a woman? Now? Am I a woman now? I consider myself a woman now, but I will never experience. Let's talk about JK for a minute. I, as I, I sip on my very dark coffee, you brought her up. People may not know what you're talking about. We have to take a moment. Well, JK Rowling. So JK Rowling, I, and again, I think this is a really, actually a really good transition in the sense of this is, is that, one of her biggest challenge is she she wrote a, a really kind of a, a scathing article on how transgender women in particular male to female transgender women are not women that we never menstruated that we never grew, you know we we're invading their space and it's wrong that they to think that now, part of what I, because I, I printed the article out, part of what this goes to, though, is exactly what we're talking about. She grew up as a woman. She was a single mother starving to death before she wrote her books. Yep. And she experienced great discrimination in the, in the you know, British system. Yep. And that has really shaped her view. And, and as does all of our experiences, shape our view. And so what she's saying is, is that you will, I, a transgender woman, will never understand what it's like to be a biological cisgendered woman. Absolutely true. I agree. It's absolutely true. I'm never going to experience that. That doesn't necessarily make me less of a woman and it doesn't mean like that i'm invading your culture i am just trying to be authentically me and and so what i want people to understand out of that is 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 that i'm not negating her view i'm just asking her and and the rest of society to let's learn about where our blind spots are I don't have to necessarily get arrested to understand what it's like to get arrested. I won't experience that, but I can be empathetic to the experience and understand that when you come to me as a black person and say, you just don't know how scary it is to be around police. Because honestly, my experience with police has always been, they're the people that come and help me when somebody robs me, when somebody's, you know, causing me a challenge or I have a car accident. They're the friendly people that come. But that was my white experience. Not, I have to say, you know, there's a congressman who was on TV the other day said in Washington, D.C., as a congressman, he's been stopped seven times for driving while black. Yeah, no driving crime. while black. No crime. I mean, it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm stopping no. you. What for? Just Well, check. that was Sam. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, 
oh, can I, can I, can I say I've experienced it? No, I can't say I experienced it, but I do understand it and I can be empathetic and I can help shape my views when, when lawyers or, or prosecutors or judges are talking about sending that guy to the slammer for something really minor I go, whoa, 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 wait a sec. You know, I wouldn't have gotten killed for a fake 20. I, you know, and, and it's like you're saying some of the, some of the things that the criminals Flynn getting, getting out of his prosecution for all the incredible crimes he's done. And there are black kids in jail for five, 10, 15 years for some minor drug offense. I know. I mean, and you know, look, part of this too is, and, and, and this is really, this is not, not a time of awakening. People are calling this a time of awakening. You know, there's another word for it. Um, there's another word, you know, there is, this is a time of eruption. This is a time where the volcano can no longer contain itself from the injustice yeah. of the heat that lava provides on discrimination and abuse. And, you know, here's what I love about the eruptions that are happening all over. J.K. Rowling, I got to thank her. Thank you. Thank you for causing a revolt in your own yeah. literary agency <laughs> because people just quit your deal. Yeah. Uh, the actors from the Harry Potter, Harry Potter coming out saying, oh, yep, we're not with you on this. Um, Harry Potter himself is saying like, dude, that's a magic we can't go by. Um, but she is now a catalyst and represents the minds and the voice of people that are not saying what they really think. But she has become that person to allow that conversation to happen. Yeah. Well, um, and you know, in the land of gratitude, and I, I think that's an important piece, is, is that you can look at all of this as very confusing, but I, I would say also, and I love this, the volcano idea, because really, all of this systematic injustice for minorities and being, being one now, I mean, in my video the other day, I said, well, I could be fired. I mean, as a tall white guy, I never went to work and said, God, I hope they don't find out I'm a, I'm a tall white guy. They might fire me. It's like, that would never occur to a tall white guy. And that's my point. It would mm -hmm. never occur to you unless you had shared some experiences and heard and not only heard, but listened and, and understood what was going on. Once you, you know, I think that when you see George Floyd for eight minutes and 42 seconds, you can't ignore that. Then that's where the, the, the eruption occurs is like, oh my God, it's in my face. I, I can't say, well, that never happened. And truly everybody is saying, is saying it's not just George getting killed. That was just the catalyst. Like you say, that's the last rock that cracked open. And now the lava is shooting out because everybody's going, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You got to understand this is, this is a systematic peace that we now need to be aware of and change well you know here's the thing i want to say too in this conversation with this person that called me i did i did tell her what my life experience was i told her about where i grew up clearly a neighborhood where uh you know the color of yeah, my diversity. skin was a mi minority 
I also told her about my sister, where my sister lived. I also told her about my nieces uh, and godchildren and actually who they married. Um, and then I realized it's probably not going to matter what I say. But here's my takeaway from this. Here's the blind spot. I think it's time for us white people to not be afraid to talk about this, even if we make mistakes. I was listening to somebody on the news the other day who was asked, um, what is different about now? And his answer was, and her answer was, the streets are not filled with primarily people of color. The streets are more diverse than we've ever seen them be. If you see the clips of Seattle, Washington, you will get a real sense of who is out in the streets. And by far, there are very few people of color in the streets. But this is the difference today. My fear around this is that people like you and me will become so paranoid about, are we saying the right thing? Did we, were we politically correct? that we will stop talking about it. So I wanna say right now to everybody listening to this show, I'm human. I'm part of the community that's being talked about. I may say some stuff that is just not politically correct and it won't be the first time in my life. I may slip up and say something to Laura and maybe I don't say, Laura, she, Maybe I say, maybe like I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take something out of the TV show Billions and maybe I'm gonna say they, them, they, them. Why are we doing that? Because I'm learning about it, even in my own community. <laughs> I'm learning about it, you know, from a fantastic actor who said, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 they call me they, they, I'm they. And people say, what the, what, what the, you, what? It's a what? new world out there. But we well, can't be afraid, Laura, to well, speak and, out for fear of not doing it yeah. right. Well, and and something that happens to me, I wouldn't say a lot, but it does happen, is, is <laughs> if I'm standing in line and somebody says, well, he, he said, and I'm like, do I look like a he or is there something in my makeup that's not right today? But but my point is, is, is that I've gotten to a spot where I can say she and not hate that person or not feel animosity yeah. to that person. A lot of it depends yeah. on how they say it. Yeah. But, but if, if my feeling is, is they just messed up. My brother does this all the time. I mean, they knew me for 50 years as a guy. So they, you know, I, we go out to dinner and it's, he's going to have the steak. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> It's like, okay, hey, look, see, this is my pronoun. And exactly. But but I think that plays to everything that we're talking about is to understand that you have a blind spot that maybe you don't know all the right words to talk to somebody of color, uh, somebody outside or, you know, GLBT, uh, outside your community, but to be brave enough and humble enough to say, I don't, I don't get it all straight, but I'm trying to, yeah. to, to understand what you are. And you guys need to try to understand our point. I mean, truthfully, the part of the challenge that I've seen with 
uh, white privilege is a they don't recognize that they had the privilege they were born on third base they just don't get it but but they also have their own experiences and and there there's fear that all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's going to be harder to get a job all of a sudden it's going to be harder to get into college all of a sudden there's you know i'm going to have to change my world and and that's really the thing why no. we're all here is, is you got to learn to make a change and, you know, it's interesting, Laura, because, you know, recently I found out because everything's available to everyone, but I have a bunch of relatives in South America and the internet shows them, right? Okay. And so I identified all of those Basili relatives and I found out how they got there. Actually, big secret, grandpa, Brazil. Oh, really? I didn't even know grandpa had a brother. Grandpa has a brother. What, where, where? In Brazil, nobody talked about grandpa's brother. In Brazil. So all the Basilis. So I start to ask my uncle. I said, you know, there's something a little off. I looked at my mom's side of the family. Italian in Brazil. Now, what could that mean? And I said, why did Aunt May have these piercing blue eyes and this dark hair? I don't understand. Well. <laughs> the truth comes out. And then I Googled my grandfather. My grandfather was born in Sao Paulo, Brazil. My grandpa Balela. Brazil. So here I am. And somebody said to me, and I and let's let's have you talk about this because this is really the wrap up. Somebody said to me, are you going to declare differently? And I have to tell you, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around Grandpa Balela in Brazil. And I didn't think about, am I going to declare differently? And I looked at her and I said, okay, like, what do I didn't even know what she meant. What she was saying is, are you going to declare? Are you going to stand up? and be part of the Latino community. And I thought, wow. <laughs> well, it's a, I love the idea. And it never entered my mind, right? You know, there's, but, it called, but she's calling me out. Yeah. She's like saying, dude, like you're already out, out. Yeah, but now bad. we're finding out you're out Latino. Yeah. You're going to be in tell anybody? all kinds of diversity here. So, I, well, but part of, part of that. And I have to say, I've reached out to my friends in the Latino community, and I'm talking with them because I find this fascinating at this stage of my life. Um, and, and again, my problem is, like everybody that's listening that's afraid to make the mistake, I want to do the right thing. I want to do the right thing. And you know what my my friend said to me? She's uh, head of a Latino organization. She said, you know, like, Pat, the right thing's in your heart. Yeah, I, I think that's the answer to all of this. We all have an experience. We all want to share the love that we have. And you can't do that if you blocked yourself off from your blind spots and you you want to be right and they got to be wrong yeah this it's more complex than that yeah. if you can get within yourself and realize hey i am who i am 
I have the experiences I have. You know, when you say, well, you, now you're Latina. Well, you didn't grow up in a Latino culture. I mean, yes, biologically, there may be part of that. But it makes a lot of sense now why grandpa was always playing Latin music. Now it makes a lot of sense <laughs> well, to well, me. Never be... really understood that. Yeah. The that... Basilis played Mario Alonza. The other folks over here, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, in a, in a, this may be one of those moments where I have to be careful what I say, but one of, one of the movies that I grew up with was The Jerk with Steve Martin. And he starts out the movie as a white guy living in a black family. And as from his point of view, he's a black person. Yep. And, and his mother comes down and says, son, I gotta tell you something. It's like, what? It's like, you're white. It's like, oh, mom, see, it's not so. <laughs> You know, I mean, obviously his skin is white, but, but it brings up the point of you are your experiences and the culture that you grow up in. And it's possible to, to live in a neighborhood that's highly diverse and you may have experienced a lot of things. The bigger challenge I think in America right now is, is that in general, the system is set up to empower white men in particular and there's a huge blind spot in America, especially if you're white. It's like, wait a second, that's not true. It's like, mm, yeah, it is true. And, and if you can open yourself up to the love and the diversity of that and understand that we all in my life want to have that liberty and freedom for all, that's what everybody wants and and so having experienced white male supremacy and now i'm in the transgender community i've seen it from both sides now and i and i can say i get it i i see where my blind spots were and i'm making a change me too laura tell everybody how they can find out more about you and we're going to have more of these conversations because the one thing i know that's important is to have a conversation and yeah are we going to say things that some people would think oh man did she really say that maybe but this is not a time for silence this is, is not. not a time for silence if you are of the belief that there is something that is unjust and you want to say or do something about it, even to a family member at dinner, even it is the time yeah. to learn. Laura, how do we find out more about you? And thank you for today. Fly High, listen, thank you for having me. The flyhighliving.com is my website and email laura at flyhighliving.com. That's how you get a hold of me and I'd be happy to discuss any of it, any yeah. or all of this. Uh, yeah. And may even be a guest on my show. So if you if you're passionate about this, call me mm -hmm. or email me, and and we will work on that together. But thank you, Pat, very much. This has been a very interesting conversation. Awesome show. Thank you, Jessica, for pushing all the right buttons. Hopefully, hopefully she'll find find both sides now. <laughs> Thanks everybody for tuning us in and turning us on. And yeah, Google Memorex. We'll see you next time. Yeah.